0: This morning, uh, the second Sunday of October, for our school systems, it was the beginning of the fall break weekend, and uh, we have endured yet another couple of system coming through, and uh, we'll have more to say about that in our prayer time, especially for the folks Looks of Louisiana. You will find in your bulletin the call to worship. <laughs> We have come to worship the Lord our God. Let us worship the Lord with praise and thanksgiving. Let us pray. O oh, gracious God, as we gather this morning to worship you in spirit and in truth, We come before you, O Lord, and confess to you that we have sinned, and we have sinned in ways that we know of and in other ways that we do not. And so, Lord, we come and we ask your pardon this day, that we might worship you in righteousness. And so, Lord, hear our confession and forgive our sins, for we ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, our sins are forgiven because he shed his blood upon the cross. He died to atone for our uh, misdeeds, our sin, and our uh, broken relationships with God. Friends, believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are made new. Amen. If you will, and as you are able, open your hymn book to hymn number 638 and stand and let us sing For the Beauty of the Earth, number 638. It's Now let us greet one another this morning with the wave offering of peace. This morning, I'd like to call your attention to several things. For those of you who are watching online at home, If you wish to uh, celebrate the communion with us later in the service, you'll need to have your bread and your juice available. So I encourage you to get that uh, in this time. Now, uh, several things. Uh, We are planning to have a family cookout on Sunday, October 25th on the field, uh, the baseball field behind Faith Hall. It'll be a hot dog cookout. We'll cook the food. We'll serve the various things, and therefore, uh, all you have to do is is come. You can bring a lawn chair. We'll have a few tables set up. The kids will play um, uh, kickball. Yeah, Yeah, they will, I hear that. From 5 to 6.15, that's on October the 25th, that's the last Sunday a month, and the Sunday before Halloween when we would normally do our uh, fall festival dinner and party, so uh, just be looking for that. We will have a time to sign up for that later in the month, and I just wanted to get it out there. The Men's Tuesday Morning Bible Study is meeting at 8 a.m. The Women's Thursday Morning Bible Study Met this past week for the first time since March fifth, and uh, we had six women who came and and uh, to the Bible study. And uh, certainly, if others would like to do that, you can. Now. This is the time of year that we normally have a big display, and we're going to have a display, but it's the Samaritan's Purse Operation Christmas Child. Uh, Every year we do these things, and so uh, one of the things that I want to encourage you is uh, uh, you can do that this year. We will have boxes available soon, or... You can write a check for $31. They will fill the box and take care of all the material that uh, goes in the box for the gospel lessons for the children in their particular language. Uh, You can do it any way you want to do it is what I'm saying. If you are a mind to go out and shop, that's great. If you would like to do it this other way, that is also a possibility. You can make the check to the church and in the memo item just put uh, Operation Christmas Child and we'll know from there. So, that is coming up. Those are due in the, the third week of November the 15th and uh, we're going to be working on that uh, for the rest of this month and the, the early part. Uh, I know it's a little humid in here. I apologize. We opened the windows to help the car cross breeze. Uh, Jeff, you can turn the air down back there as well if you would want to. Turn it down to about 68 degrees on the thermostat. There we go. We'll, in, we'll introduce some more air into this area. Now, <clears throat> um, I'll have some some other news to share uh, as far as prayer times later in the service this morning. Our first scripture uh, reading this morning is found in Paul's letter to the church at Ephesus, reading the fourth chapter, verses 1 through 16, page 828 in the Blue Pew Bibles, Paul talks about the church here, talks about the unity of the body of Christ, talks about what that means, and that is important for us to hear today. So, beginning at verse 1, chapter 4, he writes to the Ephesians and says, As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. But to each one of us, grace has been given, as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, When he ascended on high, he led captives in his train and gave gifts to men. What does he ascended mean, except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens, In order to fulfill the whole universe, it was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith. And in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ, then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching, and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things. Grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ, from him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. May God bless this reading of Paul from his letter to the Ephesians. This morning, Lema is going to play for us the Christian song, You Raise Me Up. Thank you, Leymah. Such a beautiful song. Before we go to God in prayer this morning, some things I'd like to share with you. As I mentioned a little bit earlier, uh, we certainly need to be in prayer for the people of Louisiana following the sixth hurricane or tropical storm to hit that state this season, Hurricane Delta, just makes you want to move to Louisiana, doesn't it? Uh, I just encourage you to, to pray for those folks. Uh, uh, the Salvation Army is a great place if you want to donate to the Hurricane Relief Fund that is ongoing down there. Uh, we may have one from the EPC. We have many churches in Louisiana and we'll wait for reports to see how they have fared this time around as well. So certainly, I just encourage you. And let's just ask the good Lord um, that that's enough for this year, that uh, 20, I think that's 28 named storms that have occurred in the Atlantic and the Caribbean and the Gulf of Mexico. And I really don't care care to hear about Hurricane Epsilon, which would be the next one in the Greek alphabet. So, uh, Just keep those things in mind Uh, We have several folks that I'd ask that you continue to hold up in prayer Uh, Janie Carol Lawler uh, Had a little blood clot in her arm And she is seeing about that And they need to to have it resolved She and Paul are going to make the 2,000 mile road trip To Bozeman, Montana this coming week to see their daughter and son-in-law and their grandson up there. Paul hasn't seen him in over a year, and so uh, they were driving up to Bozeman, and will be this week, and, uh, you know, it's a long drive up, but, boy, that's really a long drive back. So... Just uh, just kind of keep them in your prayers. Continue to pray for Mike Robinson, who remi- remains at the Jewish Nursing Home in Rehab. Dr. Ed Knox, who continues to uh, undergo his treatments for his cancer. I ask your prayers for Archie Fisher, who is just... Getting weaker and just having a difficult time So just uh, ask you to keep him and Pat in your prayers uh, Bobby Dunn uh, took Archie Fisher over to the river The White River where his house in, Louis, in Arkansas is And let Archie just spend a couple of days on the porch Looking at the river That's about all he could do He enjoyed it I think very much So just uh, continue to keep them in your prayers We want to say congratulations to Steve and Patty Ruhlman on the birth of their sixth grandchild, to their daughter-in-law, Haley, and son, Ryan Hayes. Caroline Ruhlman came into the world on Thursday, October the 8th, at 8 pounds, 19 and a half inches. And her big sister, Miller, was very pleased for having a baby sister. So... uh, Steve Ruhlman is getting ready to retire from FedEx in November after 36 years of flying for FedEx. And uh, so I told Patty and Steve, well, having a six grandchild just will give you more purpose here in retirement. So uh, congratulations to them. Also, I asked your prayers for A. B. Scott, who will be heading to Cancun, Mexico later this week to further preparations for the start of his Great Commission coaching ministry and church planting. Uh, They are going to be planting an expat church in Cancun. There is no American, there is no Protestant church in Cancun for uh, what we term expatriates or expatriates. Those are people uh, predominantly from the English-speaking world who live in Cancun and have um, maybe retired there or whatever, and there is an excellent opportunity for this ministry. So I ask that you you be in prayer for that, and as he's going to be down there for a couple of weeks, And then um, we'll return here for uh, continued uh, preparations some more fundraising as he gets ready to leave at the beginning of the new year. Now, you also know that Cancun was hit earlier this past week by the uh, Hurricane Delta and the people down there in, in some of the areas had some some damage and, and things like that. But they fared pretty well. But continue to pray for that and uh AB's preparations uh, to move down there at the beginning, uh, sometime in the beginning of the year. Well, those are several matters that we have for prayer. Each of us has others. Let us bow our heads and go to the Lord our God in prayer. Oh, gracious God, as we come to you today, there are many things that uh, we each and every one that have been weighing on our hearts concerns that we have some things for ourselves others for our family members others for neighbors and friends others for folks at work but Lord we come to you and we are thankful that we have opportunity and time to lay things before you to lift things up and to ask your blessing to ask your help to ask your faithfulness to address we pray this day for all those concerns that each of us have in our own lives we pray this day lord for those in our congregation we know to be ill and sick for for janie carroll for archie for mike robinson for ed knox we just lift them all up to you and others those who are suffering from the sinuses and the allergies of the season, those who may be suffering from the virus, those who may be suffering from the beginnings of flu season, so many different things. And we just lift them up all to you, and not only those we know, but across our area and across the states and across the country and across the world, we pray this day. We give you thanks and we celebrate the birth of children and we give you thanks for ryan and haley Ruhlman's birth of their new daughter and that daughter and mother are fine and we just give you thanks and praise we pray for ab scott as he continues his preparation for ministry in mexico and we just lift him up to you And a reminder of how we continue to pray for and and support our missionaries for the Delils in Brazil, for the understalls in Lebanon, for uh, the Project Mercy folks there in Ethiopia, for right here in Memphis with Orange Mound, with the food pantry and the food bank and all these things that we continue even in this limited capacity to pray for and to support in their work. We lift these things up to you, and we pray them all this day, mighty God, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen and amen. Now, our second scripture reading this morning is found in Paul's first letter to the Corinthians in the 12th chapter. Uh, Just a few verses, verses 12 through 14, and then also verse 17, uh, page 813 in the Blue Pew Bibles. Now here, Paul talks about the body of Christ and its many different features, and we're going to read a little bit of that, but not the whole of the passage. He begins in verse 12 of chapter 12 in 1 Corinthians. He says, the body is a unit. Though it is made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. Now the body is not made up of one part, but of many. And then in verse 27, now, you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. May God bless the reading and hearing of his word, this time from Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. Now, last week, I began this series of singing. We all have this experience, and in this Each of these groups find expressions because of various interests or because of work or because of other things in our lives. Think of them. Maybe you had a a group of friends in school, maybe when you were in high school, middle school, even elementary school. I know folks who remember friends who still have friends from kindergarten all the way up through. College, perhaps. Maybe it was a group of folks that shared the same major you had, or you were in a sorority or a fraternity, and you maintained close ties. There are family-type relationships that are often found in the workplace, uh, wherever employment occurs, in businesses, in corporations, and in, f- in many cases, factories and things like that. Perhaps it was in the military with a particular unit or ship or squadron uh, that you were a part of for a time. There are many what I would call extra familial settings and relationships that we experience in life. I want to talk about a couple of those in my own life, and maybe that makes sense to you. When I was uh, getting ready for seminary, I had six months before Greek school started, the 5th of July, right after the 4th of July in 1980. I was January. I'd finished college, but it was six months before I had time on my hands before I went to seminary. And I went to work. I was working a job at a belt department store. Uh, We don't have any Belks here in Memphis. Don't know why exactly, but I was working at a Belk department store, a new store that was getting ready to open for the first time in 1980. But that wasn't enough. I needed to do more because I was trying to save up money also in preparation to go to seminary. So I also took a job working full time from 11 o'clock at night till 7 o'clock in the morning at one of the local factories called Cleantex, there in LaGrange, Georgia, that made industrial carpets that you wipe your feet in when you came in, like those outside our door. And I went to work a third shift there, never had worked third shift before in my life. And so I was working third shift and I was working second shift. I was off and tried to sleep during first shift. Uh, And that would prove to be something of a challenge as well. Uh, Working that third shift, how many of you have worked third shift jobs for any length of time? Yeah, see, look at this. It's different, isn't it? Yes. (laughs) Third shift is just different. It is, um, I don't know, about 3 o'clock in the morning, things just get strange. How, how, How do I say? It just happens that way. I was working third shift, and the first thing they did is had me do this one job, and then a couple of weeks later, they had me do... Another until I learned every job that went on in the production work at the factory that uh, on third shift I could I was trained to work every job so that whenever somebody was out they could stick me there and I would work it Uh, I had a first cousin who was a plant manager and that's how I got the job you know just and so I did that. But one of the things that happened about, I would say, about three weeks in, four weeks in, one of the things that was happening is I noticed that this this group of people, and there were about 35 people that worked the third shift in this plant, that this group of people really regarded each other as family. They looked after each other. They talked to each other. They, they wanted to know about what was going on in family because many of the people that worked there were single mothers. And they were married mothers as well. They were working third shift because their husband worked first but they needed the money or the children were being watched by the grandparents and the mother worked the third shift. Now one of the things that I began to notice is that we had these great big ovens and these ovens is where we baked the rubber to the back of the material for whatever we were making and and they went on cycles depending on how big a mat was being made on anywhere from 25 to 35 minute cycles for everything from the preparation to the cooking to the taking off. Well, like I said, strange things start to happen at three o'clock in the morning. Well, there would be several times when there would be people who would be sitting in front of their ovens and they had just fell asleep. I mean, you know, just conked out just completely. And what would happen would be other team members would just go in and do their work they would take care they would do their own they would do theirs and just let folks sleep you know because they were exhausted They'd been working probably all day long, and now they were doing that. And they would see about them. They celebrated birthdays at 4 o'clock in the morning. They they did all sorts of things. But what I learned there, and I came to know each of these people by name and knew a little bit about their lives, and it was a great lesson for me, a young man, about how people in all kinds of environments care for one another become a family because they are thrown together because of work. Otherwise, they probably, for the most part, would never have been together. But yet they came together and they came to know each other and care about each other and look after each other at work and in many cases in other places. Now, many of you have served in the military and uh, you know that if you're in the military, if your unit goes on deployment, you're a unit. You're a f- you hate to say family sometimes because, you know, you don't always re- regard a, a uh, sergeant major as family or your commanding officer as family in that regard. But you are a family. Those of you who have ever been deployed on a ship, let me tell you, life is different on a ship. It's very, how shall I say, intimate (laughs) and not in the best ways sometimes. Uh, I had a first cousin uh, who was a naval nuclear engineering officer and served on our boomer submarines for 12 years of his Navy career. The boomers are the missile boats, the big submarines that stay underwater for three months at a time. Now, could you stay underwater in a tube for three months at a time? You know, just think about that and the closeness. But there, there's also this very much sense of family. You know, you train with these folks. You know these folks. You know about them. And whenever you go into a situation together, be it war or other, you are a, you are a unit. You are connected. You are uh, a part of a greater group. There is that sense of family. So we all have our examples that we can look to and we can understand. Now, the gathering of the local congregation is the basic expression of God's family coming together. It is the gathering of family and individual units that may, and more often than not, do not have all biological connections, do not have all generational connections. It is this family of people that come together. It might be because we, like Presbyterians, grew up Presbyterians, or it might be because we like this particular congregation and we become a part of it, but The local church is the basic expression of the people of God. This is where the ties, the family ties to God are developed and come from. And gathering together to worship God in Christ Jesus is the primary reason for the family of God to exist. Now understand that. The reason that churches exist primarily is to worship God, is to worship God. And so we are gathered here as that expression. Christians gather together for this purpose of worshiping God. Then we also gather later for learning, for teaching, for passing on the faith, Then, when those things begin to happen, we gather for fellowship with one another as fellow Christians, as brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ. And all these things are done through the actions and the sacraments of the church. Now, this is what I mean. We become and strengthen the family of ties. We build the family ties to God in the local church by worshiping regularly. Worshiping regularly. What is regular? Well, for some people, that's every Sunday. For some, that's once a month. For some, it's Christmas and Easter. Let's hope it's not serious for whoever they're going to see. There we go. Uh, we worship regularly, and the more regular we are at worship, the stronger the ties will be built. With the family of God. And as we worship, things happen. Baptisms take place. The development of faith, that we often call Christian education, happens. Confirming the faith happens. Prayer is developed and utilized. The festivals of the church, universal ones like Advent and Christmas, Lent and Easter, and Pentecost are observed and celebrated and they are given the due that each season requires. And then festivals of the particular church Anniversaries of the church, graduations in the church, celebrations of those called to ministry in the church, those things occur. Christian marriage happens. Mission endeavors occur. Witnessing to the resurrection and the burial of the saints happens and occurs in the church. All these things come together to build and to strengthen the family ties to God by the people of God when they are undertaken and done. The local church. The local church, that is, the family is ordinarily composed, and listen listen to this, the local church, the family, is ordinarily composed of four generations of people. Occasionally five generations, but four generations. And a church needs multiple generations of the church within its bounds. It can't have too many young people because there's too much energy and not enough maturity. It can't have too many older people because there's too much maturity and not enough energy. It needs and healthy congregations will have multiple generations of believers in its family. And churches need to see about this, to build the ties, to strengthen the ties. The local congregation, it is home away from home for most all believers. We call this our church home. Why? It's because it is. It's like a home. It's where the family gathers. It is, the church family, it is, at its best, a glimpse, a momentary experience, a reflection in part of the kingdom of God. Now, let me cite an example of that. My home church in in Georgia, Lloyd Presbyterian Church has a long-standing tradition of having homecomings, usually in June, sometimes in May, just depends on the calendar. And what is it? Well, it's where they invite everybody who had been a part of the church over the years and those who are there. And we have the biggest potluck meal outside on some concrete tables that are older than I am and the folks gather and then we go up and we eat our lunch after worship that morning in the cemetery among family and friends that have gone before us. And often I have done this. I've had the great privilege at speaking at two of these homecomings and being at many, many more and going up there. And when you're up there, I remember as a child running around in the cemetery and then being a little scolded by grandparents, say, go run down by the playground and going down there. And, you know, we would go inside the children and we would go up to the front of the communion table. And there we would say, who wants to get married? And we'd have little wedding services. Oh, yeah. Such and such. Let's get you all married right here and there. And do other things. Just have the best time ever. And after the last homecoming, I wrote a letter to the session there and said, you know, don't ever stop having homecomings. Because homecomings are like a glimpse of the kingdom of God. We have our own here from time to time. Lately, we haven't been able to have any, but times when we've gathered outside on the field to eat and to play, young and old alike, everybody having a great time, getting caught up, talking, seeing the newer children who have been coming into the world, talking to some of the older adults who we haven't seen in a while. That is the church family. Those are the ties that bind us to one another and to God in faith. That is so important. It offers, by way of God's family ties to us, it offers us a glimpse of what hope is. It is hope that is given and lived out. It is a place of grace given by others to one another because the cost of that grace has been paid for in Jesus Christ and his death on the cross. This family gathering is a place where the meaning for life, a perspective on life can be found and shared for many people our family ties to God here at Faith Presbyterian Church becomes their primary familial relationship with others. Now, these past eight months, and perhaps even the next eight months, have put a great strain on our family ties to God. With so much limited and curtailed activities, the bonds of faith towards God and each other have become somewhat frayed, some perhaps severed, though I hope not. Yet look at what we are still doing, even in this situation. We are still worshiping. Most of the time, in person, But in person and online, we are still baptizing. Be baptizing next month. We've already baptized this summer. We're observing the Lord's Supper and the communion. We have done weddings. We have done funerals. We are teaching online and now again in person. We are continuing the support of missionaries in Brazil, in France, in Ethiopia, in Lebanon, in Cancun, Mexico, as we start new work. Benevolent work continues, donations to the soup kitchen and clothes closet, the food bank, Orange Mound Ministries, others here in Memphis. Our family ties to God through our relationships here at Faith Presbyterian Church may be strained, weak and frayed, or even in some cases severed, yet God is working and strengthening the ties, going and giving us reasons and purposes to hope and the future to come. You are called to help strengthen these ties to the family of God, to keep the faith, to practice the faith. You will keep these ties strong and in many ways we are building new ties. And churches that are able to see this time through will become stronger churches and will be churches that have demonstrated faith in God by Trusting the Lord and continuing to do the things that he calls us to do as the family of God. So, we have these ties. Our closing hymn after the communion this morning is, Bless Be the Tie." It is the most appropriate hymn for this. And look forward to singing it. But now we're going to the Lord's table and we're going to celebrate the communion. There we are. My friends, this is one of the meals of the family. This is the meal that our Lord Jesus Christ gave to his Christian family, if you will, his disciples that were gathered with him eating the Passover the night that he would be arrested, the day before he would be tried and executed. He said, I earnestly desire to eat this meal with you. That's what he told his disciples. And so likewise, we should earnestly desire to eat this meal together here as we worship the Lord our God. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, Lord, now bless this bread that as we break it, that it will be nourishment as we eat it to our bodies, and to our spirits. Bless, O Lord, this cup that as we drink of it today, that we will have our thirst, the physical and the spiritual thirst, satisfied by your grace. For we give you thanks for these elements this day, and we give our thanks in Jesus' name, and together we say the prayer that Jesus has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. As Jesus was sitting at the table with his disciples, he took the bread on the table and he blessed. Please take your communion at this time. ...who spoke by the prophets, and we believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and we look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. The hymn is 389. Of the Holy Spirit be upon you all this day, and I do pray for evermore. Amen. Thank you. Thank you.